Welcome to the weekly message from Rama Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media. Father, I just thank you so much as we look into your word today, Father. I thank you that you assist and help me. Father, I thank you that you give everyone ears here, ears to hear, Lord, that uh, these won't uh, only be words, but it'll be revelation to people. So, Father, thank you for taking the words and making them alive and real to people. We ask that in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. So a baby dedication is a ceremony in which believing parents make a commitment before the Lord to raise their child according to God's word and God's ways. So that's just a simple definition. Now here's a question for you if you're a parent, and that is, have you ever given your children back to God? And so by asking that question, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not implying that you should take your children and get rid of them. I don't mean that. Now, why are some of you laughing? <laughs> but here's what I really mean. Have you recognized your children are a precious gift from the Lord and they belong now and always to God first? And that's really what I'm saying when I ask that question. So we know in the Old Testament, you know, Abraham put Isaac on the altar and offered him a very serious story. But today we're going to look into the word and without using that kind of terminology, we're just going to see how we can put our children in the Lord's hands. Uh, I think I like that terminology better than an altar, you know, strapped to an altar. So God will ask us um, to put certain things in his hands. And one of the things he wants in his hands is our children. So there are a few examples in the Bible. Hannah is what an example Hannah is. Now, Hannah wanted a child so bad. And so she's praying. And she actually then says, Lord, if you give me a child, I'll give him back to you. And this is like one of the examples that hit me long ago. You give me a child and I'll give that child back to you. And so she had her child and then she took this is Old Testament. She took her child to Samuel the prophet, and she gave her child to Samuel the prophet. Now, uh, I, I'm not... Eli, thank you, Eli. I realized when I saw her face, I said, Samuel instead of Eli. But he, she gave her... Um, she helps me. She's my helpmate. And, uh, and if I say it in Italian, help might. Was that okay? <laughs> but, but think about now, now I, when, when growing up, uh, my mother was Italian, and my mother wasn't raising us to give us to anyone. I had six brothers, and my mother loved us so much, if she could have kept us forever, I think she would have. She did, you know, we lived in a little town called Warren, Ohio, and Cleveland, Ohio was one hour away. It was the big city. And even when we were old enough to drive, she would really not want us to drive one hour away. We, we could get hurt. That's the way that I, my mother was. And so giving our child to the Lord, uh, I know some of us, we want to hold on. I know there's others that say, get out of here. I understand that. 
I wasn't one of those. And then you have Joseph and Mary. They brought the infant Jesus to the temple following his circumcision at eight days. So they, you know, you see that with Jesus and Mary. Then they took him to Jerusalem and they presented him to the Lord. So in the days that we're living in, which are crazy days that we're living in, and if you don't think they're crazy, I guess you really haven't been keeping up on things. But we're living in some real wild days. It's really a time that parents need to keep watch on their children. I, and I don't mean in a suffocating way, but uh, who, who's teaching your children? What are they listening to? What are they hearing? We're living in those kind of days where uh, it seems as though there is a global agenda to confuse children. Very interesting because throughout history, there were two different times when a bunch, all the kids, the children were killed. You know, uh, they, and so it's interesting now we're getting in the last of the last days and Jesus' return is coming. And so children are being killed by abortion, but then they're also being killed by confusing them about who they are. Okay, so it's really a time that we watch after children. So this message today isn't only for parents, it's, it can be for grandparents, it can be for friends of a family where we can all team up and we can all have input to make sure children are raised the right way. So what I'm calling it to this message today is giving your children back to God. Giving your children back to God. Now, I, uh, as I, I told you about my mother, now I married Patsy and this was a really brand new reality. She grew up in a church family. Her father was a pastor. She grew up in church. So when I would visit her parents, uh, before, even before we had children, they always would say, we raised our children to go. We raised our children to go. And then they would explain, we raised our children to serve God and to go wherever God sends them. And you know, that really happened. All the children moved out and they were all, we, we were on the other side of the world uh, they were all in different states, and the parents were alone. They raised all, all their children to go. Five children, and they all served God, and they went. Well, when I first started to hear this talk, I really didn't like it, because the little Italian guy that I am, I wanted my two girls, and I didn't, you know, I didn't know I was going to have two girls, but once I had those two girls, I wanted them to stay. I would have kept them for a long time. I, you know, but they both met. Now, my daughter Annalisa is sitting over here with her wonderful hunk of a husband, Mitch. It's, <laughs> and and uh, it's his birthday today, everyone. <laughs> both my daughters married guys that could take me. You know, I have to, <laughs> I have to be careful around these guys. But it was really different kind of talk, raising your children to go. And so I remember that, you know, before Anna was married, Patsy was out of town ministering out of the country, I think, and it was time for Anna to move to China. And so I drove her to the airport, uh, the international uh, terminal, to fly off to China. It was quite difficult. And we were both kind of awkward. You know, we sat on a bench and Anna was going like this. And I was going like, I, I just wanted to like squeeze her and say, stay here. But she went and she served in China for two years. And so just giving our 
children to God for his plans and purposes. So with that said, we're just going to look into uh, three components. Here, here's a, something to uh, think about. When we entrust or commit our children back to God, we secure for them God's best purpose and plan for their lives. You know, that, just let that sink in a little. When we entrust or commit our children back to God, we secure for them God's best purpose and plans for their lives. So that's really the best thing any parents can do, and even grandparents assisting, and even uh, friends, and just ganging together and teaming up and praying for children. So we're going to look at three components today along these lines. So the first one is, like, number one, giving our children to God is a demonstration of our our, it's capitalized, our love for God. So you may be, maybe you're not a parent yet, but the day will come, and this is something you can remember if you are a parent. Maybe you're a parent with older children. It's never too late to do these things because faith is of the heart, and in the realm of the Spirit, we can do these things at any time. So giving our children to God is a demonstration of our love for God. The first thing uh, that we're saying when we give our child, when you give your child back to God, you're basically saying, I love God even more than I love my child. And, uh, and so even when Patsy's parents started to talk about raising their children to go, I struggle with that. But you know, when you raise them to go, it's like saying, I love you. You have a plan and purpose for my children. I love you so much that I'm willing to release my children to serve you, Father. So a child is the most prized possession. I know that especially that's how I felt about our daughters. But the scripture tells us not to let our children take the place of God. Okay? So our attitude would be, I love you, child, so much so that I want to be the very best for you. I want to be the very best. So I'm giving you to the Lord. I'm praying for you, et cetera. And we'll look into it more. So if that means giving you to God, disciplining you, giving you limitations, holding the line, and even changing my life for your benefit, I'll do whatever it takes. That's really what it means for all of us who would invest, whether it be our children, whether you're a grandparent, or even help others. So Hannah loved God so much, but she brought her prized child to Eli the prophet, and she gave her child back to God. First Samuel 1.28 says, Now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worship the Lord there. So that's really how our hearts can be with our children. We're, we're giving our child to the Lord, and we want our child to be with you forever. Jesus said something that's really strong in Matthew 10 and verse 37. Uh, th this really hits you, Matthew. It says, if you love your father or mother more than you love me, you are not worthy of being mine. Or if you love your son or daughter more than me, you are not worthy of being mine. That's pretty strong, isn't it? Think about, you know, uh, so, you know, when we actually put this into application, how could I love my son or daughter more than me or God? Well, I can make suggestions to my daughters when, on what I thought, think they should do. You should do this, not asking, Father, what do you have for my children? I want 
you to do this. But what does he want? That's one way to put our children ahead of God. So, and then look at this in verse number 38. If you refuse to take up your cross and follow me, you are not worthy of being mine. So that's even talking to all of us. Now, taking up your cross, you know, what does that mean? Because I know I was raised and taking up your cross the way that I was raised with the church I grew up in, that would mean sickness and disease, you know, to take up the cross of sickness. But uh, it, biblically speaking, that's not what taking up your cross is. Taking up your cross is when you decide to serve God. You take it up. So even there's people that are called to prayer ministry and they take up their cross and they pray. Any way that we serve God, that's like taking up our cross. So there's so many ways. At the workplace, uh, and I, I worked as a tradie when I was younger, and I worked as an unsaved one, and then I was saved, and then I worked as a saved tradie. And I know when you're not saved, you talk with the guys, and you talk like the guys the way they talk. Then I received Jesus as Lord, and, and then I began to talk differently. That's one way to serve the Lord. I was a witness. I stopped talking the potty mouth, the dirty mouth. I stopped all that. I started to act like a Christian. And I was persecuted for it without ever t telling anyone a whole lot about the Bible or Jesus. Just my behavior changed. But see, I took up my cross and became, in everyday life, on the workplace, I was a Christian. One way to take up your cross. You, you don't have to go to a Bible school and be behind a pulpit to take up your cross. Every way that we serve God is taking up our cross. Um, so here's number, the second thing here. Uh, giving our children to God is a declaration his will for them is priority. So when we give our children to the Lord, we're saying, we're giving our child to you, and we do that by praying and various things. We'll look into it. But that is like saying that's the priority. That's my priority for my child, and I want my child to be able to pick that priority up. They know that's the most important thing. So we could say that when we give our child back to God, we're openly declaring this child is a gift from God. This child does not ultimately belong to me. We have the privilege, of course, raising and training our children to do God's will in their life. But this, this is what Hannah did, you know. She, well, she gave her child to Eli the prophet. We do it, we're not giving our children away to somebody else, but we do it by prayer. We do it by, you know, releasing them and using our faith and praying. So she, uh, Hannah was saying, Lord, this young man belongs to you, not me. She was saying, you do with him as you please, he's yours. And that's really the attitude and the way that we pray Psalm 127.3 says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. So we really, we should take note that we should be careful how we treat and care for God's property, children, and his reward, children. Now, here's something that we all should take note of. And I'm not, I, if you're a school teacher, uh, please hear what I'm saying here, but we should really take note that God did not authorize the state government to raise children. There is influence, but God did not authorize the state government to raise children. Okay, there's going to be other influencers and people that, that have input in our children, but the parents are the ones that God authorized to raise children. 
it's the parents, okay? So it's really in these crazy days that we're living in, it's important to listen to the Holy Spirit even as to who teaches your children. Now, uh, this did not happen here that I know, but this happened in the States when the lockdown happened they put schools online and some of the parents, they couldn't work because they were locked down. So they sat in the room with their children when they were going through school. And they were appalled at what their children were learn like being taught. And so the result of that is they went to confront the school boards, but this just goes to show you the days that we're living in. Uh, th there was some lively discussion, you know, the whole, everyone across the country was doing this. So there might have been one or two th places where there was a little bit of, like, got from lively, maybe a little bit physical. But generally speaking, it was just confrontation to, by the parents to the school board, peaceful. But this shows you where we are. The Department of Justice in the United States put those parents in the category of domestic terrorists domestic terrorists, and they're watching parents now. So what am I trying to say? I'm, I'm not trying to scare anybody. These are the days that we're living in. We need to watch after our children. We need to watch after our children. And so the Holy Spirit might say to you, take your child out of that school and put them into this school. Very possible. Listen, make sure you know what your children are being taught. Who has influence? in your children's lives, especially when children are in the formative, when they're in that formative, I'll, I'll get it out, formative years, the formative years, because those years are really important because what, what happens right there, it, sometimes it's hard to turn that around. And so we want to watch after that uh, so they grow up not confused. Praise the Lord. Okay, praise the Lord. Number three, giving our children to God is a commitment to raise them God's way. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, it says, And you, fathers, do not irritate your children, but bring them up tenderly with true Christian training and advice. So it's talking to fathers, and it's talking, it says a few things there, but even uh, the, way, um, the way that we talk, the way that we talk. We're going to look at that a little bit. So, so just, I'll leave that there, but because we're going to see something about the way that we talk. But let's just say this, to give our child to God is not just a ceremony, it's a commitment. So we're going to have a ceremony here real soon, but to give our children to God, it's not just a ceremony, it's a commitment, okay? And so with that said, here's a few things. It's like, first of all, to be a godly parent. And so, in a sense, a baby dedication is like a parent dedication. It requires the parents to get right with God. And then secondly, it's like teach your child about Christ. Uh, because the child's going to need to be saved. Now, my parents, as I said, I had six brothers. We had seven of us. My parents drug us to church every Sunday. We had no choice. They were... Uh, it was back in a different day, and we had to sit on the front row. I didn't, the church I went to didn't preach the gospel. They didn't really ever read the Bible, but we had to sit on the front row. But they, they, um, they did that. But here's the thing, when you, 
they drug us to church. And so, and then it was a pretty boring service. So, you know, you're not getting a whole lot out of that. And so, even in this area, you know, I had to voluntarily, my heart had to get to this place. When I was 23 years old, this happened. I voluntarily asked Jesus Christ to be my Lord. It wasn't church membership that my parents drug me to church. That didn't save me. I was bored because it was a ceremonial church, you know, and, and you think, you know, just ceremony, no scripture. We even, they even read letters from the politicians in my church trying to tell you who to vote for. <laughs> Never can. And so at age 23, I heard about Jesus, the savior, and I voluntarily received him as Lord. So my prayer would be for any parent to have that wisdom to pre uh, present Jesus, the Savior, to their children, where their children voluntarily say, I want him to be my Lord, and they receive him. That's when they're born again. And so it's part of what parents are responsible for. It can happen in church, praise the Lord, but it can happen in the home also. And then Another thing is keep your child in church. I like to say this. I think this is what we did. We, we made church the special event of the week. Make church the special event. Not other things, like not a birthday. Like, oh, it's a special, you know, Sunday's a special day because you go to church. It's, it's not like, and, and I'm not saying don't celebrate birthdays, but don't say the birthday's special. Church is special. You know, the holiday's not special. Church is always a special day. And then we're gonna go on a holiday. We're gonna, we're gonna celebrate your birthday. I know I'm a little bit hardcore, but hey, you know, down the road, you really be happy when your children see church as being the place to be. Uh, it's, okay, love your child. And so when it says to not irritate in Ephesians your children, but bring them up tenderly with true Christian training and advice, you know, uh, Love, we know the Bible says love covers a multitude of sin. So it does that, but it does a lot of other things. Love is like a platform to do so many things from. An environment of love. Uh, words that are gracious and loving. Uh, sometimes it's just not even the right time to say something. So, I, you know, uh, if we have time, we'll do some praying right at the end of the service today and just pray that all parents and grandparents, that we have wisdom to be able to know when to say something, when not to say something, how to say it, how does it come out. All of those things are so important. We found that out with our daughters that how we talked to one didn't work with the other. We had, we had to be different with both of them. Um, and so all of these kind of things make a difference. But an atmosphere of love, an environment of love, and. We love our children unconditionally because God loved us unconditionally. And we have to remember that, that we don't point fingers at them uh, and say, yeah. amen. amen, and point fingers and say, you're bad, you're, you're no good, et cetera, et cetera. You know, because that's, that's not the way Jesus did it. He loved us when we were sinners. So when our children miss it, we love them unconditionally and there's a way of correcting, okay? And then um, pray for your child. 
we're still doing that. I, I got home from Papua New Guinea and the first night that we ate supper together before when we prayed for our food, I prayed, you know, I, I would always say us six. Now I'm having to say us seven because we have a, a, a grandbaby. But I, I declare this over our family that no evil will come near any of our dwellings, all seven of us. No weapon formed against us will prosper and no deadly thing will harm us. But then I also go and I say this too. I say, Father, I thank you that you're speaking to our daughters and their husbands and even our little grandchild. You start speaking and whispering and, and talking to them about the plans and purposes you have for their life. Talk to them about the callings and the plans and what you want them to do. And so, and you know, they, and we all may be in the right place, but we, I grew up under uh, an older minister and he was filling stadiums up. When he had a meeting, you know, we served him doing various things, but he could fill up a stadium. And I was around him in a private situation, in, in private settings when he prayed. And even when he was filling stadiums up, he would say, Lord, is there anything I'm doing that I shouldn't be doing? If so, let me know. I'll stop doing it. If there's anything I'm not doing that I should be, let me know. I'll start doing it. And then he even would say this, Lord, if you want me to leave the ministry, I'll leave tomorrow and I'll dig ditches. If you want me to dig ditches, I'll do that and I'll leave the ministry. And he was filling up stadiums. That is how serious he was about the plans and purposes that God had for his life. You see what I'm saying? So we can, that's one way to give our children to the Lord is pray for them. Train them. We can train our children. You know, my mother trained us to balance a checkbook. I wish that some of the governments would have hired her to balance some checkbooks. But, um, but you know, we just simple balance a checkbook, you know, and pay the credit card. And, you know, two plus two equals four. But my mother, my mother trained us uh, to, to do that. So in our family, usually the guys, the Caminetti boys, take care of the finances in their family. And we kind of joke about it. It's the Caminetti way to keep the finances in order. Although some of our wives can do the same thing, but they just think, hey, if you want to do it, fine. Take it off me. But we, that was natural training. There's natural training, but then there's spiritual training. And so training in the natural way and also a spiritual way. So then, you know, we can let our children see us pray. We can let our children read the word and we can let our children see us worship in our homes. So we could say this, it's easy to see baby dedication as a magical ceremony but actually the ceremony means nothing if we are not making a sincere, lifelong commitment to raise our children God's way. So thank God for what we're doing today and thank God for the ceremony, but it goes past the ceremony. It's a lifelong commitment. So here's like an example. This is what Joshua told the children of Israel in Joshua 24 and verse 14. He said, now therefore, Fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and in truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river Jordan, on the other side of the river, and in Egypt, serve the Lord. And then verse 15, and if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods the, of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So this is really the commitment that God's looking for in parents, grandparents, even friends, where, where we're committed to help raise children, to help them know the best thing in their life would be serving the Lord. 
We could say this, our children are blessed by our obedience to God. Our children are blessed by our obedience to God. So they have a free will. Of course, you know, we all have a free will, but it kind of like stacks the odds in their favor when we obey God, the parents. It really helps them. So we could say, as you obey God with your life, and as you give your child back to God, you are posturing your child to receive God's very best for his or her life. And that's, uh, that's uh, one thing that we can do to help them for eternity. There's a helping short-term, but then there's a helping long-term, but then there is helping for eternity. So one last scripture, Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So this is what we're saying today, and this is what it means to give your child back to God. Number one, it's a demonstration of your unequaled love for Christ. Number two, it's a declaration that God's will for them is priority. And number three, it's a commitment to raise the child under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rhema.org.au.